I don't know about you, but I believe that it's never out of order to give God some praise. So let's give him a hand clap of praise. How many of you know that he's worthy to be praised? I don't know. I don't know about you, but I, I uh, the Lord told me that I got more days behind me than I do in front of me. So I don't want to waste any time not giving him the praise that he deserves because he brought me from last week to this week. And how many of you know that you haven't done anything to deserve being sitting in the seat where you are today? How many of you know that today? Tomorrow is not promised, so let's give the Lord some praise, the praise that he deserves. Mercy. I want to thank first Almighty God for the opportunity to be here. And I want to thank your pastor, one of my mentors, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I would not be the pastor that I am today if it were not for. Dr. Sparks. Amen. You have a pastor that you can be proud of and that you need to thank God for. All churches can't say that. Isn't that right? I ought to get some more amens right there. We're going to continue to pray that Dr. Sparks continues to heal as God would allow him to do so. Amen. But to this wonderful, wonderful music ministry, who I've been following for a long time, always a blessing, always a blessing to hear them and to this administration, to my brother here in the ministry and to all of our brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm not going to be before you very long, but there is a, a word from the Lord. I would like for you, if you have your copy of your world's bestseller, which is the word of God, I want you to Turn to the epistle of James, the epistle of James, and if you would stand for the reading of the word of God, if you are able, we're going to be looking at the first chapter, the first through the fourth verse. And I will be reading from the New King James Version, and I will also read the translation from the Message Bible. So I ask for your patience. If you have it, please say amen. If you need more time, say wait a minute. And it reads as follows. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And here's the, the message Bible. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and it shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. 
You may be seated. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, the hearers, and the doers of his holy and righteous word. Briefly, I want to share with you from the sermon topic, persevering in times like these. Persevering in times like these. In that faith missionary roebuck, what we also add is a meditation question because we put that out there to get you to think about something as we go through the text. And our meditation question this morning is, did you know that the Lord will not leave you stranded? Did you know that the Lord will not leave you stranded? As we look at this passage of scripture, we're, uh, we're, we're focusing on the topic of perseverance. And that is persisting or enduring in spite of opposition. That's something that we as Christians, we need to learn how to do. We need to learn how to persevere and we, we need to learn how to endure. We need to learn how, uh, I'm going to put it plainly for you, we need to learn how to hang on in there especially for such a time as this. The world is watching us to see who's going to break first. But we need to hold to God's unchanging hands. Isn't that right? We see here that during these periods when we're trying to endure and persevere that you're going to have a lot of conversations with God. And it's not going to be a whole lot of crowd around because when you're going through something, a, a lot of times you got to go through it seemingly all by yourself. Has anybody been there? Have you ever had to go through something and you seem like you're all alone and it's just you and Jesus? But I'm here to let you know here that we need to be ready because the Christianity that we've been called to, the faith that we've been called to, it is not a flower bed of ease. We need to recognize that we are on the battlefield and we are on the battlefield for our Lord. And, and in that battlefield process, we have to go through what's called a maturation process. And, and God allows things to happen to us so that we may grow closer to him because that's the whole process. We were distant because we were born in sin shaped in iniquity. So we, we come in this world distant from God, but his journey and his, his life mission for us, his love mission is to bring us back closer to him. And sometimes he has to allow us to go through some things. Isn't that right? Well, I, I hope I'm in the right house today. But we see here that part of the challenges as parents is, is that we don't allow our children to go through anything. And so sometimes by the time the Lord calls us on home, then they begin to realize that the world is not as safe or a comfort place like a hotel or the Marriott Inn. Isn't that right? But we need to find out for our own selves. And it's good to be able as parents to be able to pass on your faith to your children. You, we want that. We want to raise our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord but they're gonna to have to find Jesus for their own self. 
They're going to have to stand before Jesus. Why? For their own selves. And so in that time of life, uh, the Lord will allow us to go through some ups and he'll allow us to go through some downs. But here we see that in this epistle of James, James is, is, is talking about faith that works. It's a shame when a, a, a Christian has faith that don't work. But James is, is trying to get across to the scattered tribes that is faith that works. That's going to carry you through. He let us know that faith without works is dead and, and that even when you're at your lowest point, seemingly, that we need to, uh, Brother Casanova, count it all joy. Count it all joy. And we, when we look at this pericope or this text, I want to start off with verse 1. It's a James, a, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. He's letting them know greetings. But even though this is a letter and this is just a salutation, I want you to see what, what I, I want you to, to see this. James is the brother of Jesus. But he recognized who he was in the relationship with Christ. In other words, we have to be careful and recognize who Jesus is and, and who we are as we go through this faith walk. In other words, uh, let me make it a little more plain for your 45th Street. We have to recognize Jesus as both our Savior and as our Lord. And, and, and I, I'm, I'm, I feel sorry for James being the stepbrother of the Messiah. Can you imagine possibly growing up with the Savior of the world? Can you imagine growing up with the, with the Messiah, for, uh, growing up with the, the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world how would you like to share a household with him? Yeah, Jesus is, was his older, older brother. But Mary was born of a, as a virgin. Can you imagine James uh, going in the house and, and breaking the vase? And, and all Mary had to do was ask Jesus, who did it? Because Jesus, well, he ain't going to lie. He's going to say James did it. Can you imagine growing up in that kind of a household? But, but even James had to go through a maturing process where he had to realize who Jesus was and, and who he is in the framework of things. Many of us, as we go through that sanctification process, which is our uh, faith growing up process, we need to make sure that we position Jesus right where he needs to be. And, and James recognized himself as a bond servant. He, he recognized himself as a slave. No longer did he look at uh, Jesus as, as his, his brother that he probably ran around the house uh, with. I, I don't know what the situation was, but he recognized after Jesus died and rose again that this man was somebody special. How many of us know somebody or may have gone through it ourselves where we grew up uh, in, uh, in church and, and we, we knew Jesus, but we really didn't know it until we started going through some tough times. And, and then Jesus began to reposition themselves in our, our lives because we recognized that when we were down in our valley that we needed to depend on him. Have you ever been down on your knees and you needed to look to the hills from which come up your help? Recognizing that your help cometh from the Lord. But here we need to make sure that we, we understand 
who Jesus is. James understood where Jesus fit in his life and that he was the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was talking to some folk who had been scattered abroad. Don't that remind you of what we're going through today? Many of us are scattered. We're starting to make our way back to the church house. But some of us, we're still scattered. This message is for, for them and for you. Because we got folk who are, are still scattered abroad just because you hadn't made it back to the church yet don't mean that God don't have a message for you. We see here that in that verse 2, we see that it says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. And the first point I want to make for you today is that your attitude counts in your battle to persevere. Your attitude counts. See, uh, he was talking to Jews and uh, believers that were scattered and, and they had allowed paganism to come back into their lives. And, and all James was trying to do was just give them a little advice. James was saying this out of love because he, he told him, he said, my brethren, he, he wasn't trying to scold them. He was saying it out of love. And I want you to hear me today because a lot of us, we need that, that advice that come from a place of love. And when we hear that advice, we need to what? Take heed to it. But he's saying here that we needed to have an attitude of joy. And this is opposite of what the world may tell us to do, because the world will give us any excuse to cry, because it's rough out there, isn't it? Oh, yes, it's rough out there. But, but when you're close to the master, and when you're down in your valley, and you, and you look around, and there's trouble on every side, and and you, and you look, look around and you don't see family there like you thought they would be there. You look around and you don't see friends like you thought they'd be there. And all you have to do is, is you, you, you just look up and know that the Lord, he is there. But here he's saying that you didn't choose to go into trials. Because I'm talking to a special folk today. Folk who, he said, fell into various trials. You don't go looking for something bad to happen to you, do you? How many of you look, look for something bad to happen to you? We don't look for something bad to happen to you. Things just sometimes happen in accordance with the will of God. But we fall into trials. It's not something that we choose to do. But even though we see that when we fall into these trials, we have something that we can do. We can look at this as a time that we can praise God because we know and you'll see as we go through this particular passage of scripture, you'll see that we'll, we'll know that what the outcome is going to be. And we'll realize that what? The battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. But when you're talking about this joy and, and those of you who have been on this road a little while knows that it's a type of joy that the world can't give you. And it's a type of joy that the world can take away. You don't go looking for challenges, but sometimes uh, you, you might fall into challenges. So if you haven't had that in your life yet, all you have to do is just keep on living, church. Keep on living. You're going to have some ups and you're going to have some downs. But as we continue on, we see that verse 3 says, knowing that your testing of your faith produces patience. So first, we are looking at the fact that your attitude counts in your battle to persevere. But now we want to look at point two, knowing 
what the Lord has done and is doing and will do can help you persevere. When you can look back over your life and see how good God been to you. How many of you can look back over your life and, and know that you should have been dead and gone? Can I get a witness? How many of you can look back over your life and realize that, that somebody stepped in and you didn't expect that person to help you, but God touched them in a special way to come into your life? It's good for us to be able to know that we know that God is the one that brought us from yonder to here. Some of us, we need to still get that message that all we can do is depend on God because he is a God that will what never leave us nor forsake us, especially in times like these. When you know what God has done and, you, and you're seeing what God is doing right now, you know that God is the same what yesterday, today, and forevermore. He doesn't change. So that whatever he, let me, let me put it to you like this, whatever he done for grandmama, he can do it for you. Isn't that right? His power has not diminished. He's still the same God who can show up. He's still the same God that when he shows up, he can show out on your behalf. And we see here that we need to rest and depend on what we know. Because it says, our testing of faith produces patience. This helps us to have staying power because we don't know the future. How many of you know the future? We may not know the future, but grandmama used to tell me, I know who holds my hand. We don't know what tomorrow may bring. All you know is your, your yesterday and today, but you know that God has never failed you. His faithfulness endures for all generations. Here we see that God allows us to go through some things every now and then to get our attention. Because if we don't have those opportunities, don't you know some of us wouldn't be in church today? There may be uh, such a thing for some of us as far as getting too many blessings. Because it'll take us away from church instead of to church. How many times do you, you ride past on your way to church and and folk, walk, they out washing their cars. They got everything to do but come to praise the Lord. God is still worthy of our praise. And then on that verse 4, I want you to see where it says, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. In other words, when your perseverance and endurance grows, even you will be surprised what the Lord can accomplish through you. If you look back and you see how God has brought you, 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 you know where God stepped in. There's a the poem that folks like to quote when they talk about footprints in the sand. And when they, sit, they look back and they only saw two footprints. But we realize we don't have to be told, but we realize that that was God carrying us through taking care of us when we couldn't take care of ourselves. But here we'll see that God can do a special thing when we go through these trials. All we have to do is learn to depend on him and through it all, through it all, we'll be complete because God will work his perfect work in us. So then you can, what? Let your light so shine. 
in such a way that not point to yourself and say, look what I did. But then you know because you've been through something that the, only the law could get you out of, that you point the way to Christ. Because you know better. And they say when you what? Know better, you ought to what? Do better. But many times the challenge is to simply let it grow. The challenge is to simply go through that challenging time. Uh, uh, as I said before, we don't, we don't plan to fall into various trials. They, uh, the Lord just allows those things to, to happen to us. And sometimes those things happen longer than we like. Some of us want to be down today and up today. But sometimes you what? You go down today and you stay there for a little while. But even in during that time, I'm going to ask that you look to Jesus. Tell him all about your trouble. That's, that's a time of contemplation. It's a, a time to, to listen and, and be still and know that God is God. Don't you think we sometimes need that? Because we get so busy going here, yonder, and there, and, and we get so distracted, and, and, and everywhere we go, we got we to gotta have our phone with us. Have you ever seen folk who, and as they're walking, they're just, they're just looking down and, and, and trying to multitask? We're so busy that we don't give God a chance to step in and talk to us for just a little while. Many of our prayer lives has gone from hours to minutes. Some of our prayer lives has gone from minutes to seconds because we are so busy. So let us take advantage of these times because there, it is an advantage. It's hard to look at your situation and, and, and see it as an advantage, but it is because this advantage is one where you have an opportunity to see what God can do. And don't you know that in many cases we've been picked out to be picked on so that God can step in and do a great work in us, because my sphere of influence is not your sphere of influence. You go a different place than I go. In, in fact, many of you don't know me from Adam's house cat, because you go a different way, and I, and I go this way. So, so God has to use us wherever we are in order to bring folks to repentance. Don't you know the world is watching how you live? The world is watching how you talk. The world is watching how you walk. So we need to make sure that we are living witnesses and that we are Christ-like. So sometimes we need to just let it grow. Don't try to, to rush God because God has his own time. And God does things in his own way. We rush through things too much. So God, sometimes he allows us to get in these situations so he can slow us down just a bit. So we can see his goodness. And my final thought for today, I want you to know that God will not leave you stranded. I want to let you know that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he won't leave you hanging. Have you ever been left hanging? Somebody ought to say amen right there because I know you've been around someone that you couldn't depend on. They left you hanging. Somebody who uh, they meant well, they said they were going to do it, but something happened to the point where they couldn't do it. But I'm so glad today that no matter what situation you find yourself in, with us being children of the king, 
The Lord will not leave us stranded. I want to share a verse with you from James, the fifth chapter, seventh and eighth, and it reads as follows. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives early and latter rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord. In other words, it's okay to sit there and wait on Jesus because he's not going to leave you stranded. Wait on Jesus because he knows right where you are. Wait on Jesus if you look in your pocket and you pull out some lint because he's a banker that's got a cattle on a thousand hills. All you have to do is wait on Jesus because he's the lily of the valley and the bright and morning star. No matter what you find yourself in, if you're depressed, don't you know he'll come and see about you. And he'll come and see about you not on uh, from eight to five, but he'll come and see about you in the midnight hour when everybody has gone to sleep. He's that same Jesus that he's our elder brother. And he'll give us that special grace, that special grace that allows us to just roll on just a little while longer. Have you ever looked at, uh, over your life and you wonder, why am I still here? It's because of God's grace, God's amazing grace that has kept us this far. And don't you know that it is special grace that will lead us on. May God bless you. May God keep you. May heaven ever smile upon you. This will be my prayer. I pray that something has been said today that will bless you. Because I don't know what's going to meet you when you go out that door. I don't know what burden that you carried coming in the door. But I'm so glad that we serve a God that sits high and a God that sits low. He knows all about your troubles. And he'll be there for you even when other folk fail you. Give God some glory. Give God some praise at this time. Because he's worthy to be praised.